1: Episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm Louis Shackshaft and I'll be hosting this week's show. I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast as well as writing for Shoot Football. Um, I'm also your man for Sheffield Wednesday Statistics and my Twitter handle is just my name,
2: at Louis Shackshaft. Hi, I'm uh, Andy Buckley Taylor. Uh, I represent Derby County um, on the uh, podcast. My Twitter handle is at BuckTaylor64 and I also write a blog for the uh, Derbyshire Times group of newspapers.
3: Hi, uh, I'm Lewis Hobbs, I represent Sheffield United as a fan, Twitter handle is um, underscore LH9 underscore, and I write for Football League World.
1: Right guys, thanks for, thanks for joining us today, it's, uh, it's been a while and it's good to have you back, uh, unfortunately I'm podcasting with a Sheffield United fan today so we'll see how that goes that's not been done before um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes I know I know a good uh, a good hour of uh, <coughs> confrontation maybe we shall see but um, each person basically now has got a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at their clubs this week including a review of their first game of the season so do you want to set us off Andy if that's all right
2: yes sir uh, well to start off with uh, at Derby um, after the uh, pre-season games, um, we've, uh, we haven't quite completed what we're hoping to be putting out for the rest of the season from the uh, vibes we're getting from manager Gary Rowett. Over the summer, um, I think we've made three very good signings. Uh, Tom Huddleston has returned to the club where it all started for him from Hull City. And uh, also Curtis Davis, his uh, teammate from Hull City, have joined us, and that was a combined uh, fee. I think about two and a half million for the pair of them. So I think that's a very yeah. Some very. I good going to just there.
1: say yeah, exactly. I was just going to put in there. Um, apologies, Andy, but yeah, two and a half million combined for those two is an absolute steal, to be honest. I mean, if if for example Huddleston is is a player that I wish. I wish we had got in centre of the park. I think he's a, a fantastic championship midfielder. So, so to coop them, them two for £2.5 million, half million pound, you've, like I say, it's an absolute
2: steal, that is, Andy. Yeah, well, considering we got £2.5 million pound for Cyrus Christie, um, who we sold to Middlesbrough, um, and we moved Christie on um, for the fact is that we've brought back Andre Wisdom. Uh, we had him on loan three years ago when we made it all the way to Wembley in the... Uh, Playoffs, and uh, it, it's, it's a funny game, isn't it? You know, when a, a player who, who would be surplus to requirements and who hasn't really quite um, achieved the level we wanted him to um, has gone for more money than we've splashed out on those two players. But uh, on Andre Wisdom, if he uh, recaptures the form um, that he showed last time he was with us. That will be another um, good signing, but uh, Gary Rower is still. Um, I think he's wanting to sign at least an attacking midfielder and a wide man, and I think it showed on Friday night. Basically, they are the needs what um, we're going what we're going to have to fill if we are going to push on. As we stand at the minute, I think the squad's a. Uh, I think it's a top half of the table squad, but it's certainly not a top six squad. We uh, certainly on. Uh, I mean, I think on Friday night, if we'd had a little bit more firepower up front, um, we could have beaten Sunderland. Uh, but as, as it happens, um, we took an early lead um, against a run of play. Uh, Sunderland uh, got a penalty. Uh, some people were, uh, you know, there was a lot to debate as to whether it was a penalty or not. I think it was. I know Butterfield was going down, but I think in that sort of situation, most referees are going to give it. Um, in, in the second half, both both teams had the chances. I mean, Sunderland hit the woodwork. And as uh, ourselves, first, first Chris Martin, uh, he scooped one over when he had a, a golden opportunity to uh, score the winner for us. And also late on in the game, um, David Nugent also uh, fluffed a chance that he had. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's early season and uh, sh- shaking off uh, those uh, cobwebs and uh, on paper an away draw at Sunderland's not too bad a way to start it.
1: Well, I was just going to say that. I mean, before the game, I'm guessing you'd have, you'd have taken a, a one or draw away from home first game of the season, especially at a big club like Sunderland. I mean, obviously, we, no one knows yet how Sunderland are going to perform this season. But, I mean, I'd certainly take a draw away from home um, on Friday night. So, I'm guessing, are the fans quite happy with that, including yourself, Andy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I said before the game, I says, let's just not lose. You know, opening day, away, Sunderland. I know they had a bad time of it last season. They've still got some good players in that squad. Um, Simon Grayson, not a bad manager at this level. Yeah, you know, I'm more than happy to pick up a point there. Yeah, completely,
1: I understand that. Uh, Do you want to talk, obviously, Lewis, about Sheffield United? Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, what's happened this last week, including the game? Well, it's um,
3: been a bit of a fairy tale for Sheffield United. That fans after after the six years down in down in the League One, we've had pre-season going un- unbeaten, winning winning every single game, and it's it's just been fantastic then. We've we've made seven, like seven signings and obviously a- apart from Chad Evans who I'm sure everyone here's got a different opinion to that. But every all every other signing that we've made Looks like it's going to add something to the team. Bringing in people like Ender Stevens, who Doncaster fans will obviously call call him a reject from there. But he's, he's he dropped down to the League Two and he set fire to the division. And he's come to us. Scored three. He scored three goals in pre season. He, he's supposed to be a left back by trade, but he's he's been playing fantastic art on wing. And yeah, if. Um, Wilder's looking to bring in even two or three more players. Um, We definitely need another defender because our squad depth at the back, especially with us playing three centre-backs, apart from O'Connell, Stamon, Jake Wright and Basham, we haven't really got anyone else apart from youngsters. So we definitely need to bring in another centre-back. I know this week we've had a reported bid rejected from Blackburn for Daryl Lenehan, which if we could bring him in, I think that'd be quite a good signing. Nice young um, defender with a lot to prove in the division. Obviously, being relegated, he'll want to come back up. But it's just been it's just been a fantastic ride so far. And, and going going into Brentford, I didn't really know what to expect because obviously we've been in League One for what seems like forever now. Our first game back up, I, I would have I didn't know whether I would have um, thought we would actually go on to win the game. And especially in the manner that we we did win the game, we we performed fantastic. It was a brilliant defensive display. We we didn't control the game on possession, but we we didn't look hurt when when they was on the ball. We looked we looked really strong in the midfield. John Fleck and Paul Cooks they looked like Championship midfielders, which I know Paul Cooks has does have a lot of our experience. I, I don't know what your uh, opinions are as a
2: derby fan of Paul Coops, but
3: certainly, well, I, uh, can, yeah, you
2: yeah, yeah what I will say is um the first season he had with us a, a few years ago, and we was playing him wide out on the right with John Brayford behind him yeah, no. the, 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 they, they 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 linked up brilliantly well they had they had a very successful spell um together, and they were very effective in in linking up and it was only when paul Coutts got injured yeah and that that he dropped out of our team and uh unfortunately uh he he found no way back because by by that uh, time when he regained fitness um somebody else had stolen his uh, place in the team yeah. but yeah certainly um he did a pretty good job for us to be honest is, he, is he, he's even been a strange one
3: with us because under nigel cloth he, he didn't look he didn't look a decent player I, when as soon as Wilder came in last year, he put him straight on transfer list, gave him some time in pre-season, and look how that turned out for him. He's one of our, one of our better players. But um, anyway, just continuing against against Brentford, we we was we was really good, and we didn't look we we didn't look like we hadn't been a Championship team for six years. Despite I don't know if you've seen it, but Jotter's miss in the second half. I don't know if you've uh, you've caught that but it was absolutely dreadful miss and we, we really we really got lucky on that one but then we did have two disallowed offside goals which I haven't had a chance to look back on but definitely the second one which were, were a rebound from a, f- a free kick what Sharp put in the net it didn't look from where I was sat, it didn't look like it was offside but it could have just been a fantastic uh, decision by the ref so I'm not going to complain about that one but then we did have a decision where Chris Basham, resulting from a set piece, got pulled down in the box. And, and to me, it seemed like a clear penalty. But um, on the highlights that Sheffield United put on YouTube, uh, they didn't include that. So I ain't had a chance to look back at that. But yeah, 1-0 win. I, I, I really couldn't be any happier. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to next weekend.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I was just going to say that a 1-0 win against Brentford is it's a fantastic, fantastic. Mis- yeah, result. Yeah, it is. It's I mean, not not only mistake. for Sheffield United, a lot of championship teams do come uh, stuck against against Brentford. Th- th- they're a side who
3: you think, y- you don't think they're the most intimidating attacking side, but once you play them, their attack and that the r- Ryan, Ryan Woods, who plays in midfield for them, he's absolutely fantastic at picking the ball. And for the full 90 minutes, I, I, I can't remember if we tackled him once. He's always got so much time on the ball. And I, I don't, he'll, he'll definitely be a premiership player in the future, him. And especially with that lasse and Yotter up front. They're fantastic. And credit to Basham and O'Connell for keeping them out. Of, they made some fantastic last-ditch tackles.
1: But, yeah, yeah they've, um, done, they've done they've done really well. Yeah, I mean, a victory first game of season, it's obviously going to build confidence for Sheffield United. So, uh, obviously, best of luck to them this season. But yeah, winning first game, it's you know, especially at home, it's if anything, it's if your home form in this league where you have got to win games. So yeah, we, need to, we um, need to carry on making yeah, Bramall Lane ex- fortress. Exactly. So that's that's what's going to count this season. But I'll move on to uh, obviously Sheffield Wednesday. So a couple of things in this last week, basically for us is. Um, we unveiled the new kit, um, so there were a few few surprises there. Uh, the home kit was, as expected, if you like, uh, a whole blue colour down the middle with uh, white sleeves. It's, I actually don't mind the home kit. In fact, kits, to be honest, it's something I'm not really interested in, but the away kit got a bit of abuse, if you like. Uh, but actually seeing it in person yesterday... Um, i actually do, i actually don 't mind it and an awake it 's an awake kit. it can be any color for me the the, the kit that i 'm looking forward to seeing is the third kit which is unveiled at owls owls in the park in September, which is the the white and gold if you like so that's that 's a kit that i 'm probably most likely going to be purchasing um, but the other thing this week the the big so-called deal that's went through and then collapsed is the Johan Giroud. So, in the past week or so, um, Giroud's been linked with Sheffield Wednesday. He's understood to have had a medical, which is passed. Um, essentially, it, it you know it sounded like he were a good hour, two hours away for for signing for our club. Um, and apparently, we you know we we've beaten a, a couple more clubs to it, like Genoa, and apparently a Premier League club. But it's obviously it's, it's all down to money. And then and then just before. Uh, Kickoff against Preston. Uh, understandably, the the deal had collapsed, or maybe not completely collapsed. But it's a, the the reason being is supposedly Giroud wants a three year contract on thirty thousand pound a week, and and Sheffield Wednesday, again, apparently it's you know it's, it's, it's rumours if you like, but they've offered him a twelve month contract. Uh, £30,000 a week so I mean for me I don't know why we, we can't meet in the middle somewhere and you know maybe a two-year two-year deal at £30,000 a week he's 30 year old Um I don't know why Wednesday are only offering a one-year contract I don't know if it's dependent on how often they think he's going to play whether he's going to you know, overlooks such as Louven's um in, in the starting eleven. Um but for me, you know, I'd I'd I'd, I'd give him a two year deal but but there we go. But regarding the football yesterday, um <laughs> I mean I don't I don't know where to start. Wednesday were just completely lackluster yesterday. The you know, at times they were abysmal. Um to say we're first game at season and, and like Andy touched on earlier, it'd have been nice to just first game at season, just don't lose. Go even even you know nil nil one one whatever I wouldn't have cared if, if they'd have come away with a point and I know some Wednesday fans are going to say look if if we're pushing for promotion or we want automatic promotion this season you've got to be beating teams like Preston but Preston are no Preston are no mugs and and nor are any team in this league and yes it's disappointing and I'm disappointed we lost but the most atrocious thing for me yesterday was that I think we had one shot on goal, and, and, and that was barely a shot on goal, if you like, um, so I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say other than just being disappointed at the game yesterday, I mean, we, we conceded the goal in, in the 79th minute, so it looked like we were going to hang on for a nil nil draw, but I can't deny Preston the win, they thoroughly deserved it, they came at us, they were attack after attack, especially in the second half, um, they missed it couple of decent opportunities uh really it was only kieran westwood who kept us in the game um so whether it was a penalty i've looked at the replay and i actually think tom lee just did get the ball however not making any excuses we deserve to get beat and that's it basically end of story uh, can't say much more about that i we'll just we'll just have to move on and, and pick it up pick it up on saturday against qpr so um Only time will tell with this one. But, yeah, first game of the season,
2: very, very disappointing. Um, Can I ask you about your shirt? You said your home shirt. Is it a blue shirt with white sleeves? That's right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a throwback to the 1960s then.
1: That's the one, yeah. They've they've modelled both kits, actually, on, on, like you say, kits from previous years. So the home kit, effectively, is from the 60s, if you like. and, And the away kit's similar to, I think it was... Oof, I, I could be wrong, but is it the nineteen ninety ninety one away kit? So it's like a yellow, yellow and black stripes, really thin yellow black stripes. Uh, if that makes sense, um, or gold if you like. Um, so yeah, the, the, that's that's effectively what they're based on because it's our hundred and fiftieth year anniversary. So I think, like I said, the modeling the kits on on kits from the past. So um, yeah, that's what that's about. I love basically. the retro look. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind the lecture. Look, I actually like the home kit, uh, but I am, like I said, I am looking forward to the, the away kit because it was a fan what designed that kit, um, and for me, it's it's a really smart kit, so you'll have to check that out when it comes out in September. Um, but, yeah, moving on to the topics, the first topic, uh, which is uh, which club do you see being the surprise package this season? Obviously, following on from Huddersfield and Reading last season, who both made it to the playoff final unexpectedly, um, we'd just like to ask the question. Um, if we would like to start with you, Andy, who you think if, if there's any club or clubs that you're gonna, you know, surprise us this season?
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, so we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at
2: LifeLock.com slash aware. Um, Well, the way I see it, I mean, I think there's at least 12 teams that could realistically finish in the top six. I agree. So when when you're talking about a a surprise package, um, it's it's difficult to actually put them in the bracket of that. Um, But I suppose, I mean, I haven't actually tipped them to be in the top six, but if we are looking at a team that's one of the less fashionable teams, that can actually get into the top six and stay there. Um, Even though they uh, lost um, yesterday, I think Brentford are probably one of those teams, provided they can keep uh, hold hold of their uh, star players. Yotta, for instance, I know Mm -hmm. he he, he missed one yesterday. But at his best, he can rip any defence apart in that division. He did us last season and i think brentford now they've been in the uh they've been in the championship a few seasons uh, they've held their own and uh, maybe they they are ready now uh, to make that extra push and uh, really go for it i know they've been in the top 6 before but they it, it's a different kind of setup that they have now they have more like a, a continental style of, of management within the club and you know um Brentford could be that team that um, spoils it for the uh, so-called bigger clubs.
1: Yeah, I think no one would deny Brentford either a top six finish, if you like, as well, or or even ultimately promotion. I mean, I don't think they'll get promoted, but Brentford are a nice little family club, if you like, and a good championship footballing team to watch. Um, so, yeah, best, best of luck to them. Uh, is there anyone else, Andy, that you'd like to point out, or is it just Brentford for you that you think will surprise you?
2: Well, a lot of people had been tipping Bristol City to go down. Now, I think Bristol City, Lee Johnson, not a bad manager there, um, I think they just might surprise a few people and uh, be sort of edging towards the top six. but I, I think if, if any, any other teams that we pull out, um, there's about a dozen teams we could name now and it yeah. wouldn't be a massive surprise if they finished you know in, in the top 6 so it's it's, it's quite a difficult uh, question to answer uh, well, certainly been so unpredictable
1: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah i mean this 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 season could
1: be the closest season for like you say uh, the the top the top two and, and you know the, the playoff teams it could it's, oh, wait, it's getting more compact every season it seems the championship because uh, so everyone beats each other don't they effectively have, have you got anyone in mind Lewis who you think might throw a f- few surprises this season for me for me it's Cardiff mm-hmm. I think it, it. probably
3: don't is that because of warn <laughs> I won I, it obviously that's <laughs> obviously going to be thrown out. but there is a bit of bias there yeah we Warnock, but it's with Bornick is it, is it I don't want to be too biased, but he is in essence a promotion specialist you look at you look at his career he's got seven promotions. that's probably not the best what any manager has done, but that'll be pretty close to mm-hmm. some of the managers if you look you look back at his previous work, this is his first first full season in charge of Cardiff, he's brought in some good players he's brought in the likes of lee Tomlin, who he's not the most extravagant signing in the planet but he gets the job done and he scores goals same with like danny ward last season he was a he was a star in a bad bunch having having a, a good pre-season behind him and a better squad a more well-rounded squad around him you you don't know what could happen i i just i think that they they might surprise a few people and um, and and with warnocks experience he knows he knows this league more than probably any other manager in it, and that's that's me trying not to be biased. Obviously, there is some bias there, but
1: no, it's you, you're not being biased because you could, yeah. gen, like you say, you could pick out any team. Like if, is, if if, if did any, it last year and got promoted, then and you know yeah. I'm not any, not saying anyone could do it, but it's, there's the opportunities there, isn't it? So you, you it could. And um, even like pe- people obviously look.
3: People obviously look at look at Sheffield United, Millwall, Bolton, and think, yeah, um, well, well, Bolton and Sheffield United we both had good seasons last year. They've come up, but they're probably just going to be if they can survive barking around. But you think in the past decade, it, there's been about three or four teams that have gone on to do double promotion. So it really wouldn't be the strangest thing in the world if a Bolton did just miraculously go up again. We've seen stranger things happen. It's um like you said Huddersfield going up no one no one no one expected that, but any any anything really could happen, even a team like Ipswich you,
1: you never have, know i mean there's there's still a month left of the transfer yeah, window as well exactly uh, well exactly. not a month, but for, you know three weeks, if you like, yeah. three and a half weeks, and then you've got january as well uh, yeah. so like you say any anything can happen, yeah, anything can happen. Um, I and mean, I, I mean I've picked out two teams actually and it's funny because Sheffield Wednesday played them uh, Saturday so I've picked out Preston and, and that's simply because I like Alex Neal and I think Preston are good at home and um, they've brought in Sean Maguire who's you know not, no one knows a lot about Sean Maguire at the minute but yesterday he had a really good game he you know he, he didn't manage to get on the score sheet but you know he could he could throw a few surprises and, and maybe score fifteen plus goals this season and and they set up in a four one four one formation and I think that's something what interests me regarding Preston especially at home and and it seems to work for them uh, but the other team that I've picked out that could throw a few surprises is and again it's down to the manager having a full season this season to give it a go is QPR under Ian Holloway um, I have a feeling that they they might you know I'm I'm not saying that they're gonna Finish third and, and then go v- up via the playoffs by all means, but they could push. You know, they, they could do something like what Fulham did last season. Maybe, maybe finish you know fifth, six, and, and, and give it a good go. And uh, they've got Connor Washington who bagged a brace yesterday. And you know, they, they've been a, they've been asleep this last few years, if you like QPR. And I really think they could throw a few surprises this season. So, you know, only time will tell with that. Uh, but. The opposite now, we're going to move on to a different topic. So, obviously, we've talked about surprises going forward, but which manager do you believe will be sacked the first uh, is the next topic. So, do you want to have a quick chat about that,
2: Andy? And uh, what are your thoughts? Mm, yeah, uh, <laughs> prior to the season starting, I, I was thinking whoever's uh, managing Hull City is going to have a uh, quite a, a task on their hands. Um, they lost a couple of players. Well, I think they've lost players all over uh, that have moved on. But uh, having, you know, just had a quick glimpse of teams, um, I know they won yesterday, Ipswich, but how, mu- how much longer is Mick McCarthy going to be employed there? You know, uh, he, he's got no money. Um, and they seem to be treading water and not really making any progress. They are, they're, pro- they're
1: on like a downward spiral, haven't they? This last few years, yeah. And I like Mick yeah. McCarthy,
2: and I hate to say that, but they are. I. I <laughs> how 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 much you know? How long can a manager? Um, but can it be more of the same, making no progress and remaining in the job? I know, I know the guy's got no money, yeah. but you, you get the feeling that eventually the board there are going to think, you know, they're going to have a look around at, at one of these managers who can seem to do more with less, you know. But also, what I would say is, any of the teams who finished in the playoff zone last year, you know, Yushekha, Wednesday, Fulham, whatever, if they if they do... Up a bad start if if say coming by mid november and they're really you know they're not they're not performing as one would expect it does um put immense pressure on the managers um and I, and I, I know that from at our place uh you know from being if if the following season You're not starting, because the fans are are now in an expectant mood. You know, Sheffield Wednesday.
1: Go on, Andy. Well, I was just going to say, Andy, sorry to butt in, but I'm going to follow on from that because the two teams that I've picked out, and when I made notes on this, it's exactly what you said. So I didn't know whether to pick out a bigger team, so-called bigger team, in inverted commas, that are fighting for promotion, who are underachieving or pick up. Or pick out a lower team who are just going to be sat at foot of the table and, and their manager gets sacked. So the two that I've picked out is Gary Monk at Middlesbrough. I have a feeling that obviously a lot of people have tipped them to go up either first or second this season, and I've, I mean I think they'll be up there, but I just don't I don't see it. I don't know whether they they will underachieve. And second team that you've already mentioned, Andy, and we could talk about it after. But I've I've picked out Sheffield Wednesday as well, and I'm not saying that I want Carvajal to get sacked, and I'm not saying you know that it's going to happen. Just stating that you've said, I I wrote down October. You've said November. If it gets to those months, and we are not, how can I how can I phrase it? But if we are not eighth minimum by them months, we. It, it could go, and, and, and that, you know, it, going on yesterday's performance, I know it's first game of the season, I don't, you know, you, you can't read too much into it, there's 45 games to go, there's a hell of a long way to go. But, like I say, if it gets to, like you said, Andy, late October, and and we're nowhere near, then it's,
2: you know, you've got no option, have you? No, and also, Aston Villa, I mean, Steve Bruce, mm-hmm. he seems to have signed every single player that Derby's <laughs> One you know, uh Wanted to sign, and yeah, I'd say if Aston Villa are not sitting in in the top six by by October. I think Steve Bruce is uh, going to be under immense pressure as well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: What about you, Lewis? What do you think?
3: Yeah, um, well, I've got I technically only have one, but I'll mention what I think about a second. I, I mm-hmm. think Phil Parkinson got a big chance at Bolton. Mm-hmm. I only say that because out of out of the three teams that came up, if per se all three of those teams struggle, I think there's more of an attachment with, especially with Wilder at United and Neil Harris at Millwall, there's definitely an attachment to the club. And both, both of those bosses have, have took, they took the club when they are actually really in a bad place. And they've absolutely changed the club around. With Phil Parkinson, they, they brought him in last season just to get Bolton back up. There's probably not really any attachment there. In but my second one, I don't necessarily think he'll get sacked. But I'm gonna say Harry Redknapp, just for the fact I think he, there's a massive chance that he'll walk very soon into the season. I just personally, I think that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Yeah, personally, I just think he'll, he's gone. He's got. He's gone into the job. Fair enough. He had. He had three three games last season. He kept he kept Birmingham up, and he, he's gone into the job. He, they've signed Mark Roberts and Stockdale. Don't get me wrong; two brilliant signings there. But I think he he went into the role. Obviously, Birmingham now with the new investors, he probably went into the role thinking that he's going to get a, a brand new uh, brand new eleven. There's going to be tons and tons spent into the club, and he's just going to be able to walk it. And I don't think that's happened at Birmingham. He still I, I still think they need a striker. The midfield, they've they've hardly got anything in the midfield, and and I just think it, it, Birmingham fans will definitely want to keep him because say what you want about him, he's a, he's a fantastic manager in in in, in English football, but I just think he might get a bit restless if he's because he is a type of manager who thinks he's bigger than the club. Obviously, I, I, that's just like a stereotype on him, but. I just think there's a big poss- there's a big a possibility of if Birmingham don't get off to the best start, like they lost at lost
1: yesterday, that uh, he, he'll just he'll walk in, just like he did at previous jobs. Yeah, you could be you could be bang on the money there. I mean, it's it's interesting because you know obviously. what it's like in 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 any division and and in football in general but you know I I bet I bet by Christmas at least at least six managers have have probably lost their jobs anyway and and come the end of the season I bet around 60 percent you know about 14 14 clubs have have sacked their manager during the season and and that's just you know it's just typical of football these days but you know due to the due to the pressure and expectations and Underperforming, and it's only those managers what are overachieving or on track what keep the jobs, isn't it? So um, you know exactly it'll be right. tr- it definitely be interesting to see who who gets sacked first. Uh, but we'll move on to third topic is player watch. So it's going back to our uh, most recent game. Uh, so we want to talk about who played well and who disappointed in your game recently. So uh, Andy against Sunderland after your one-one draw, who, uh, who was your best player and who disappointed most?
2: Uh, well, uh, our best player in the game overall was Richard Keogh. Um, he's, he's got, like, a, a mixed relationship with the fans. Um, overall, he is a is a good quality centre-half. But he's made, you know, an odd mistake or two in, in the past two or three seasons. Um, and it does get magnified after Wembley because he made the initial mistake, which, yes, saying them all... But, um, no, uh, Richard, Richard Keogh on Friday night was solid. Um, a couple of times he, he blocked uh, a couple of chances that Sunderland had. He put himself about the park as well. And, uh, you know, there could have been no doubt in that he was man of the match. Although the move of the match for me was the long pass by Tom Huddleston down on the right for Johnny Russell to pick up and Fred through to Bradley Johnson. Um, who who wasn't up to scratch, Andreas Byman. Um, we loaned him out last season to Wolves, who were going to buy him, but they've had a change of manager. So he's come back. He cannot play out on the wing. And I, I, I struggle to think of half a dozen decent games that he's had for us. Um, I don't think Weimann is going to have uh, a long-term future with Derby. For me, he's a player we should be looking at uploading. And to me, he was possibly the poorest one on Friday night. Yeah, oh,
1: interesting. Uh, Lewis, what about yourself? Yeah, well,
3: the majority of the team was um, was really good. Mm-hmm. But for me, the one player that stood out was Samir Carruthers. We brought him in. We brought him in last season in January from MK Dons. And due to Mark Duffy being such rich form, he never really got the chance to break into the team last year. But whenever he did play, he did. He looked. He looked really skillful, and he had something that the rest of the team didn't offer. Wilders gave him a chance in pre-season, and he's been fantastic. And he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Every every attack was fed straight through Carruthers. He was all. He always looked damaging. The Brentford, two Brentford centre offs were probably sick of the sight of him after it, because he was just constantly, constantly penetrating him. And um, the only, the only flaw I have about him is he got into two or three positions yesterday where he should have just had a crack, took a, took a shot at goal, but it seemed as if he just wanted to walk the ball into back at net. But if he, if he, if he just, if he adapts, adapts to knowing. Um, knowing when to shoot and with improving on his decision making he's going to be a massive player for us this season, really really big for the for the player that didn't perform too well I, there wasn't really anyone who was particularly bad but I'd have to say if I had to pick one it'd probably be uh, John Lundstrom um, we brought him on, we actually brought him on for Carruthers in around the 70th minute and he didn't really do do anything wrong and I'm probably slating him, but it was probably what Wilder was asking for him. But he just seemed to sat sit really deep. And when we brung him on, we just seemed to be on a lot more pressure. We didn't really seem to be attacking as much. So it was probably more to the just Wilder wanting to sit back and hold the hold the
1: victory. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, so, it's always difficult to pick someone uh, when you uh, win. I know it is. Yeah, it's, when,
3: um, but yeah, but he, that he makes just, sense. Um, yeah, he d- he just didn't like really seem a spark. He just seemed to just sit back and mm-hmm. not really offer anything to the team. But I, I don't want to slate him too much because it it were probably just the tactics. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I think.
1: Cool. Uh, myself, I mean, I've I've already mentioned that the best player for us was was Kieran Westwood, and and that's simply because he, you know, he had he had a lot of work to do and a lot of saves to make, and you know, he, he pulled off a string of saves and. F- for me he was it was easily our best player you know hes he's been consistent for us for a few years now and we're very very lucky to have Kieran Westwood I mean I mean I'm, I'm not being biased I'm sure you guys will agree but I believe he's one of the best play, uh, best goalkeepers in the league and you know he's, he's a confident and agile goalkeeper and like I say we're very very lucky to have him and if it weren't for him yesterday you know we could have got beat 2 3 nil and I'm just, you know, keeping Westwood were a priority, and we managed to do that. And, you know, effectively, we only lost because he conceded a penalty. So, you know, again, that that wasn't down to Westwood. He, he was easily our best player, um, but disappointing. <laughs> Take your pick. I mean, I've, I've actually I've actually written uh, written down everybody else uh, except Westwood, and and, I, and I'm being serious when I say that. I mean. <laughs> If you, know, if I, if I were to pick out one player, I, I genuinely don't think I can. I could I could name seven players. The the, other, the, the players what I wouldn't pick would be uh, Jakun uh, Padil, played okay. Uh, Forestieri put in some effort. Um, but like I say, best best player by a mile. It's just got to be Westwood. Ev- everybody else disappointed, and, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm hoping next time on the podcast it'll be flip reversing. We've won, and you know I'm, I'm struggling to pick a player that that played well. Um, so you know we'll see. We'll just hopefully taking that into the next game some something needs to change yesterday was was just not good enough uh but we'll move on to the next topic which is match previews and predictions um we're going to exclude the league cup obviously for the purpose of the championship roundtable podcast so we'll move with on to you andy uh and derby i believe at uh, home to wolves in their next championship fixture if you would just like to preview that
2: yes uh hmm. i don't know what to think really um On the one hand, we may have one or two players in to fill the gaps that we need. Um, Hopefully we will, because Wolves are going to be a different proposition to last season when we doubled them. Um, They spent heavily in the summer. And to me, they look like a side that's going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Uh, I think what Gary Rowett has got to do, if, We've got the couple of new players that he wants. That's brilliant. If we haven't, you see, he's got to move away from this 4-3-3 that we had under Steve McLaren. On Friday night, when Matty Vidra and David Nugent came on, we switched to a 4-2-3-1. And uh, that, for me, is going to be the key to beating Wolves. It's going to be a very, very tough game. Um... I don't like drawing at home. I don't like dropping points at home, but I'll, I will be very happy not to lose to them. Um, and obviously, I want to win, but I'm predicting probably another one all. Yeah, I can see that happening. To be honest, I
1: think I think I'd a gone with a nil-nil a or a one-one draw in that game. Um, yourself, Lewis, uh, I believe you've got a very tough encounter away to Middlesbrough. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's um, it's going to be a really tough game. Obviously,
3: you, you never want to go up against one of the relegated teams away. But I, the only the positive is what you can take from it is we won. We won yesterday, and they didn't. So we've got momentum going into the game. Obviously, on paper, they've got an outstanding side. What have they, they've spent close to like twenty million on strikers alone. We're gonna to have to be really defensively prepared for it. So I really I really don't know what's gonna happen. If we could get a draw, that would be absolutely fantastic.
1: Whether well I was just gonna happen. say that. I was just gonna say if if you get anything other than a loss yeah. away to yeah. bother then, you know, if it's nil nil or four all, you know, I bet you come away and it's man. so yeah. as
3: as long as we don't take a punt in, like as long as we don't lose three, four nil, yeah, i I'm, I'm probably gonna be um, satisfied with the result, but yeah, if we can, if we can, if we could get a one-one or a nil-nil like that, I'd be over the moon with that. But it'll, it'll be an interesting game, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think if you came away with any draw or, like you say, if, if, you know, m- minimal a loss, then you, you know you, you're gonna like say you come yeah. away a happy man, and that's only just gonna build the confidence for the team going forward after. After the win against uh, Brentford, uh, but yeah, on to Sheffield Wednesday. We've got a home tie against QPR. Um, to be honest, at home, last few seasons under under Carvajal, I've, I'm I'm usually quite confident. Um, I mean, QPR had a, a really good two 0 win um, on Saturday, and, and Connor Washington, you know, like I said earlier, bagged a brace, and we've got to be wary of him. It might be it might be this season where he finds his form and he comes into his own, if you like, and and you know it, it could end up being one of the the league top scorers. Um, so like I say, we're going to have to be wary of him. The, the, tactically, I'm not sure if there's any underlying issues at Sheffield Wednesday at the minute. We're not, you know, we're on paper is we've got a, a really good first eleven and squad. We've got good players on the bench. You know, we're, we've we've got the best strike force I believe in. You know, us and Middlesbrough in, in, in the league, and we. It's, it's crazy to think that when we're just not creating and scoring goals because that would be the complete opposite problem you'd think we'd have. Um, because actually, defensively, we're quite sound, usually. Um, like I say, it's at home, so, you know, we, we've we got to start, I know it's only second game, but you've got, to, you've got to win your home games. You touched on it, Andy, earlier. You've just got to win your home games in this league because, when you play away from home, it's, you're lucky if sometimes you come, you, when, you, when you get that one point or three points away from home, it's a massive bonus. So to win at, win at home, it's essential. However, I'm going to contradict myself and predict a 1-1 draw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can just, I can just see us drawing on Saturday. I don't know why. Like I say, we're struggling to score goals at the minute. I mean, I don't know the answer who to who we should play up front? I mean, for me, he got it wrong yesterday. I he played Forestieri up front, and and I'd always start Forestieri on the left wing, and then you've got a choice and and pick between either Rhodes, Hooper, uh, Winall. Um, you've even got Zhao, and you've got um, Fletcher. Uh, but I'd 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 be starting Forestieri left with Reach left back, and then I'd be playing between either. Rhodes, Hooper and Fletcher up front uh, obviously one of them coming off from the bench so yeah but I I just I don't know why I've like I said earlier I think I think QPR could be a surprise package this season under Ian Holloway and and I'm going to stick with a 1-1 draw Um, but yeah moving to the next topic so uh, we're just going to ask you quickly guys if you'd like to uh, predict where you think you're your team will finish in the league this season so uh, just a final league standing so Andy where where do you think Derby will finish
2: well uh, I've done a league table based on squads that you know uh, players that teams have already signed Mm -hmm. at at the minute with the current squad eighth to tenth um, but a couple of decent signings in the areas that I've mentioned and it's definitely top six
1: Okay, it's it's interesting that because I've actually wrote down guesses for your teams too, and I've wrote Derby. I think will finish fifth this season. Uh, I think that they've had, you know, they've had a couple. They they had, you know, five years ago they were one of the best teams in division. They've had a couple of bad years, if you like, in terms of they've not carried much momentum. But I think they're getting there and gradually getting back to. Where they should be, and I've, I think that with like you mentioned earlier, they've got Huddleston and some very good players. Um, I know, like you said, potentially they still need like a wide man and a striker, but I've got them down for finishing fifth. I think they'll have a good season. What um, about yourself, Lewis? Where do you think Sheffield United, or, or you, if you want to predict where yeah. Derby will finish too?
3: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll carry on for Derby. Um, it's Derby for me is a really weird one, but with all with You could probably, like earlier, you said, you could probably pick twelve or fourteen teams who could potentially finish in top six. Derby have got a magnificent team. Like any any of Derby's starting eleven, I'd more or less take at the lane. So I've I I don't know whether they've quite got to finish in the top six, but I definitely think they'll be knocking around the fifth to eighth. Around that area definitely. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, on, on to on to Sheffield United. I, I think I think it's just gonna be a season of consolidation. We're probably not gonna be challenging anywhere near playoffs, but I don't think we're gonna be worrying about relegation either.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I think it's it's just gonna be maintaining in the division, just getting back to terms with it. I I reckon around fourteenth to sixteenth for, for Blades this year. Which I'd be more than happy with.
1: Oh yeah, if you can get anywhere close yeah. to halfway, that's that'd be a yeah. you know first season in the championship. Um, like you say, for five six years, it would be it would be a good finish. I've I've wrote down that they'd finish eighteenth this season. Um, what about yourself, Andy? Where would you predict Sheffield United's finish?
2: Yeah, any, anywhere from fourteenth to eighteenth. I do. I think they'll stay up. Yeah. Um, it it, it would be. Uh, I think the matter of this year is 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 stopping up, and I, I, I think they'll do it quite comfortably to be quite honest uh, don't quite see them uh, yeah, challenging for the top six or eight at the minute, but you know that comes with with, with time but i, yeah. I think I think their fans will enjoy this season, and I don't think they'll have any relegation worries.
1: No, I don't either. I think they'll stay pretty safe um, all season if you like. Um obviously for Sheffield Wednesday, I, I I I really, I really wish Wednesday could push for automatics, but I I don't see it again. I still think we're missing something. I've I've written down that um I think we'll finish sixth this season. Um I think we're gonna practically replicate what we've done the last two years to be honest. Um we finished sixth first season under Carvajal. Then fourth last season, and I think we're going to finish somewhere similar again this year. What about you guys? I'm interested to hear what you've got to say.
2: Well, Sheffield Wednesday, similar to last season. You know, I think you're a funny team because I think you're just that one player from being something special. Mm -hmm. But it's identifying; it's just one player in a certain position that there's just there's something. That isn't quite there. It's it's a player that will get all the other ones to suddenly click, you know, and and if you if you he, I'm getting at um, yeah, I mean,
1: if is is Tom Alderson available for loan? Or?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's it's that match-winning player, you know, yeah. one of these stand-out players. That is what what I think is holding you back a bit. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I
1: got... No, no one in our team. I, I think like you, like I say, I could list seven players in the Wednesday squad where you think look brilliant championship player, but none of them seem to take the bull by the horns. If you like, whereas like last season, Reading had Kermogan, um Brighton had uh, remind me began with a K as well. I forgot his name. Knockout, knockout. knockout. Um, you know what I mean. And those players, they're the ones what. When you're playing, you can play well, but they'll pull out something out of the bag at any given moment, and, and they're, the, they're the player who win the games. And
2: uh,
1: Our player, effectively, is, you know, you could say it's Forestieri, but we also need... I really like Gary Hooper, and he's, 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 had, he's had injury problems. Um, he, he could be our man if he stays fit, but I... I, thought, I go on, sorry.
2: I thought Boyd was a strange signing.
1: I was very pleased that we signed Boyd. You know, he's got, obviously, Premier League experience. He's he's, he's he's gone up in the Championship. I'm I'm pleased we've signed Boyd because he's he's a winger, and, and, and that's what we effectively... We, we needed a winger to come in, but we're still, for me... It'd be nice for us to get another box-to-box midfielder like Kieran Lee. When For me, when Forestieri, Kieran Lee, Sam Hutchinson... Um, Gary Hooper, When they're not in our squad or they aren't performing, that's when we fall short. And and a lot and a lot of last season is they all suffered with injuries. So for me, we need a box to box midfielder for when Lee's not available, and we still need obviously that central defender I touched on earlier. Whether Giroud will happen, I don't know, but if not him, somebody else. Um, so yeah, what what are your guys' final standings position do you think for Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, um, like.
3: Continue what you what you just said there. Like I, I agree, but I I agree and I don't because I, I I think you do. I think Forestiera, on his day, is one of the best players in the championship. And mm-hmm. if if he can find if he can find a consistent form where game in game out, he's playing at the top level. He, he's definitely a player that t- can take you to Premiership. But I I think like like you said, you need a, you need a box to box fielder. I think. If you if you could find yourself just a, a tall, strong, just a midfielder, and um, that can just sit in the middle of the park and he's a bit he's good at everything, a, yeah. bit, a bit a bit a bit like John Fleck, but um, but yeah, uh, you just need I think you're just a mid like a, just I know It's what Aaron Moy
1: it's what Aaron Moy was for Huddersfield. Yeah, last yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's just and, like a talisman right, that like, can just sit
3: in midfield. Yeah. So, but I, I do think um, yeah, I, I think it's another. First year at playoffs for Wednesday. Yeah,
1: Definitely another I, I, year. I, I, I've got to agree. I, I think Wednesday will finish playoffs again this season. Uh, can we do then we'll just move on quickly to quick predictions for top two and bottom three this season. Uh, I'll go first actually. So my top two I've predicted um, not in any particular order, but I've put Aston Villa and Fulham. I think Fulham will give it a good go this season. Following on from last year, I think they've you know got some momentum, really good players attacking that I believe they want to you know, probably the best team in the league, if you like, or were back in the last season. So I've gone Villa and Fulham, and to be relegated, I've gone um, again in no order, but Millwall, Bolton,
2: and Burton Albion. Uh, what's your thoughts, Andy? Uh, on the relegation, I no, I I think Burton Albion will stay up. Um, I agree with the other two. Uh, it's that third one. <laughs> I'm I'm stumped about naming the third one. Uh, top two, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with uh, a couple of weeks ago. I sat down and I then, and I'm going to have to keep with it for the minute. My top two prediction was actually Middlesbrough and Wolves.
3: Okay. What about yourself, Lewis? Yeah. Um, for my top two, uh, a mixture of both, uh, both of yours, I'm going for Villa and Wolves. I think if Wolves aren't challenging for automatic it's just an absolute footballing travesty like with how much money they've spent I think they've they've legit took like the Man City way of the championship and with the money they've spent in like the sign is like Ruben Neves yeah we we don't know what he's going to be like in the championship but on paper what a signing that is just plays like that Leo Bonatina um up front. it's gonna be fantastic for them and mm-hmm. um, and for the bottom three, I'm i I'm going with um, Bolton and Millwall, same as you guys, and then my third one, Barnsley. And that's just down to... They, they've yeah. got a good manager in Heckingbottom, but in the past like season and a half, they've lost Roberts, Scowen, Watkins, Winnell, and and they haven't replaced any of them. And I just think it's going to catch up with them this season, and I, I think they'll, they're going to be going. But yeah, we'll I, I,
1: can I can see them definitely be... Being down there, if you like. Um, so yeah, we uh, we agree on most of them actually, other than maybe a couple, don't we? So uh, fair play. We'll have to, you know, we've got to wait till May to find out. So uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, guys. So thanks to everyone for listening to this week's show. Uh, I would also like to thank Andy and Lewis for joining us. Uh, if you would like to state to the listeners where people can find you uh, and any you know any topics that you're
2: involved in, that would be a good time. Uh, Andy Buckley Taylor on Twitter at booktaylor64 is my Twitter handle, and I also do a blog about Derby County for the Derbyshire Times group of newspapers.
3: Uh, yeah, so um, Lewis Hobbs, and um, my Twitter handle is underscore lh9 underscore, and I I do I do quite a bit of writing for Football League World, so writing on um, everything Championship, League One, and League Two. So that'd be good if you could check that out. Thanks.
1: Cheers, guys. Uh, I've been your host, uh, Louis Shackshaft. You can catch me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Louis Shackshaft. Obviously, I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast, and I write uh, for Sheffield Wednesday for Shoot Football. I'm big on uh, Wednesday statistics and upcoming in this next few weeks. If any of you guys end up buying or checking out Late Tackle Magazine, um, I've done a uh, article and. Uh, regarding Sheffield Wednesday and is it their season for promotion in that magazine so you can check that out um, if you come across it but uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and I will catch you next time. Cheers guys.